Yo, this is your commissioner speaking. I'm here to declare that medical professionals have reported that if you have a boner lasting longer than four hours, you should seek help. I've had a boner for over 12 hours now, and I honestly don't want it to go away anytime soon. The matchups of this past week, oh, shit, man. We knew it was going to be fire. We knew. But I don't think we knew that that fire would be a raging blaze of heat, burning our loins and singeing our pubic hairs. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk to the cousin fuckers, Eunice and Tim. We're going to talk about the final week schedule change that just went down. One verse two, three verse four, seven verse eight, 11 verse 12. All of this is going to keep our boners hard for not just hours, but days, maybe even weeks. What does this playoff scenario even look like? Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Let's do this. Yeah. About those matchups, week 13 matchups. Victory formation versus fuck my life. Now, I talked to Justin on the phone last week. I told him this matchup was like a guaranteed win because Billy's squad is just not hitting on all cylinders this season. But with Justin, what he pointed out was that Jamar Chase was going to be playing and he just didn't want to be jinxed. And you know what? He did not get jinxed. Josh Jacobs carried the load here, 30 points. Garrett Wilson, he's starting to emerge. He had 25 points. Billy, on the other hand, he had one of the worst single-game performances of the season. He got a zero, a fat donut from three of his starters, including Jeff Wilson. The final score here, Justin wins 157-71. to A kid named Kelsey the Mixtape versus the Cousin Fuckers. Now, Bunis and Tim's season has been swirling out of control like a toilet. In this game, they got 32 points from Christian McCaffrey. By the way, it is amazing that he's actually still healthy this late in the season. Adam, he was led by 29 from Samaje Perrine and 36 from Geno Smith, but this game was close, and it came down to Monday Night Football. Adam was in a little bit of a hole. He needed Rashad White and Chris Godwin to dig him out of this. Bunis and Tim had Tom Brady in at QB going against the Saints, a team that he has not played well against in the last few years. But we saw that finish on Monday Night Football. He's still the GOAT, and the Cousin Fuckers keep their season alive here. They get the win, 164-149. to Team Himes versus My Dick, Your Butt. This was a one-versus-two game. Jamie, he had the tiebreaker going in, so having the one spot. But how's this for luck in a high-stakes game? Lamar Jackson injures his knee and leaves the fucking game. One point for Lamar here. Where you at, Lamar? Where you at, Lamar? And then what are the odds that in that same game, King Henry would have his worst game of the year and put up seven points? That was the luck Jamie needed. He only got 24 from Patrick Mahomes in this game. He did get 29 from Tony Pollard, 22 from Devonta Smith. Shane loses his third straight matchup, 144 to 121 the final here. It's hard to win in this league. It's hard to win, especially when two of your best horses become shadows of their usual selves. Shane did, however, get 420 on points from George Kittle, which I think was strategic. Animals versus Team R Camp. This was a big fucking game. Both squads had four-game win streaks going in. Ryan was on the early stages of a heater, feeling like 2018, and he got 22 from Stephon Diggs, 25 from Terry McLaurin, 420 from tight end 
Foster Moreau, another strategic performance. Shout out to Marijuana. But on the other side of the ball, it's Joe DeBow who got 41 from Joe Burrow, 35 from Monra St. Brown, 520 from Jacoby Meyer. He missed the mark by a point there. But in this high-stakes, season-defining game, the Danimals outlast Team R Camp 177 to 150. Fournette Bronca versus 160 Swiftly. This was another very high-stakes game. Both squads were 6 and 6 trying to save their season. Taylor, he got 48 fucking points from Jalen Hurts, 28 from Tyler Lockett, 1 point from Jalen Waddle. But let's talk about Hova for a minute here. There was concerns about Najee Harris going in. Najee played 15 points and gave out one of the nastiest stiff arms of all season. It was just straight filthy. But then Hova had Jimmy G in at quarterback, and he breaks his fucking foot. Two points from Jimmy G. So early in the week, let's take it back, Hova had Aaron Rodgers at QB. Reports came out that maybe he wouldn't be playing because of a broken thumb. Hova drops him. He picks up Jordan Love. Then Rodgers is playing again. Hova plays Jimmy G. Rodgers ends up playing, gets 18 points as a free agent. Nobody picked him up. And now in this matchup, Taylor had a slight lead Sunday afternoon. But then Tyreek Hill, he gets 31. Metcalf gets 27. Hova is going into Monday Night Football with a 14-point lead. Taylor still has Lenny Fournette in the game. His first game back from injury. Fournette, in the last drive of the game, puts Taylor ahead by a pubic hair. Taylor wins this shit by two points, 179 to 177. Hova falls victim to Jimmy G being a little bitch. Mazeltoff Cocktails versus Debo's Drip. Now, going into Thursday night football last week, the Bills and the Patriots, I had Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Ramondre Stevenson, and the kicker Nick Folk. I needed like 90 points to feel comfortable, like I had a chance in this matchup. But instead, I got 56. So I went into Sunday projected to lose by like 30 points or something. And it is going to take a miracle to keep my season alive here. Sunday comes around and A.J. Brown delivers 34 points, two touchdowns. What can Brown do for you? Montgomery and Robinson, they both had 19 points for me. I had just over a 100-point lead going into the afternoon games, where Greg and Justin, they got 37 points from the Browns' defense. But Kenneth Walker injures his foot. Five points for him. Herbert and Hassan Eckler, they combined for 42 points. I'm all of a sudden seeing the point projections that were once showing to over 200 points for these guys just start dropping. Before I knew it, it was getting even to my point projections. Then, the Cowboys defense on Sunday night. I got like 15 interceptions on Matt Ryan, and I went into Monday Night Football with a 21-point lead, and Alvin Kamara was the final ball to drop, and he only got 7 points. I fucking pull off a huge win. Game of the season for me, 165-151. to After being dead, my playoff hopes are somehow still alive. I moved up here to a 6-7 record. Debo's drip, they fall to a 6-7 record. Greg and Justin have to be wondering, like, what the fuck just happened? Man, oh man. Holy shit. There's a lot of lightning this week. Lightning five. Lightning five. Yeah. Number five, 
Jamie takes advantage of Lamar Jackson's injury to defeat Shane and grow his first place lead. Bam. Number four, Bunis and Tim, they refuse to roll over and die. They defeat Adam, a team that was tied for first place, riding the majestic powers of Tom Brady and Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Joe DeBow puts a dagger in Team R-Camp's four-game win streak in the hopes of a playoff run. 76 points combined for Amonra St. Brown and Joe Burrow. That was a huge factor. Number two, Taylor gets 16 points on Monday Night Football to snatch victory right out of Hova's teeth. A season-defining win, although it's safe to say Fournette's effort would have fallen short if Jimmy G didn't break his fucking foot. Number one, the Mazel Tov cocktails against all odds pull off the win against Debo's drip. An injury to Kenneth Walker allowed this to be close, and then Matt Ryan just kept giving the ball to the Cowboys' defense. Season-defining win for the Mazel Tov cocktails. Lightning five, five, All right, this is probably the last statistical power rankings of the season. No need to do this in the playoffs. But going into it, though, what does this shit even look like? Statistical power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. In last place, Hova with 18 points. Tied for second to last place, we have four teams. Taylor, Joe, Adam, and Justin all with 17 points. Then, third to last place, Billy with 14 points. Sixth place, Ryan with 13 points. Fifth place, the Cousin Fuckers with 12 points. Fourth place, Shane with 10 points. Third place, me, Kevin, 9 points. Second place, Jamie, 7 points. First place for the third week in a row, Debo's Drip with 5 points. So I can tell you right now, we're going to have three teams make the playoffs from the bottom of the power rankings. I'm in third place in the power rankings, and I could miss the playoffs. Debo's drip for being at the top of the power rankings for weeks could miss the fucking playoffs. Crazy, crazy shit. Witchcraft and fuckery is afoot. Statistical power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this pod, this episode. It's what I know is in everybody's mind this week's upcoming matchups. What do they mean? What's going to happen? Who's in the playoffs? Who's not in the playoffs? How many points do you need? What does this week mean for 0-13 Billy? All of that shit is going down right now. In the 11 vs. 12 game, the Cousin Fuckers vs. Fuck My Life. The Cousin Fuckers are one of the 5, 6, and 7 teams, but they have the lowest points of the 5. They have 1,893. The highest 6 and 7 team is Debo's Drip with 2,074. So to get in the playoffs, they need to win and make up for like 181 of these points. The numbers look rough, but reminder... Whoever is the first team to miss the playoffs, whoever's ranked eighth when the season ends, that best team gets the first round bye in the loser's bracket. So that means that you have immunity from the last place punishment. It's something to shoot for, you know, for all these teams that don't end up making the playoffs. Now, Billy, 
he can't move positions with a win here. In fact, the only thing Billy is playing against right now is history. If Billy loses, he will be 0-14, and that will go down in history as the worst season this league has ever seen. The current record is 1-12 by my brother Andrew. Andrew is also tied for second worst season, which is 2-11. Shane is the only other team to finish at with two wins. Last year, he was 2-12. He bounced back nicely this year, though. So this is the 11 versus 12 game. But as far as last place punishment go, reminder, that is the loser of the loser's bracket. So this game right here really doesn't mean a whole lot to Billy. Billy still has a chance to somehow not get the last place punishment. In the 9 versus 10 game, Team R Camp versus 160 Swiftly. A week ago, Ryan and Hova both were in a good spot to make the playoffs. Now, not so much. The losses they took last week likely fucked them out of the playoffs. That being said, Ryan has 1,922 points. Hova has 1,904 points, 18-point difference. They got to win and make up for like a 160-point gap with the other teams that would be 7-7 seven and seven with a win. Just like the cousin fuckers, realistically, that number needs to be no less than like 300 points. So wait. Oh, wait. Hold up. Wait a minute. My math is fucked here. The winner of this matchup can get in the playoffs if they also score more points than the loser of the 5-6 game. The 5-6 game features squads with points of 1941 and 1924. The same goes for the cousin fuckers, actually. They need to win and then also score more than the loser of the 5-6 game. So that is actually very possible for all three of these teams that I just mentioned. Wow, that just gave me a boner. That should give everyone a boner. This week's going to be fucking wild. Anyways, this actual matchup though, Hova vs. Ryan is very equally matched. This week, Ryan has Aaron Jones, Terry McLaurin, and Cordero Patterson on bye. Hova has AJ Dillon and Christian Watson on bye. High stakes shit is going down. These guys and the cousin fuckers are actually way more alive for that seventh seed than I realized. <laughs> In the 7 vs. 8 game, Mazeltov Cocktails vs. Debo's Drip. Are you fucking kidding me? My reward for pulling off that epic win against Greg and Justin is to play them again? I guess if I'm good enough, I gotta do it twice. Here's the deal with this fucking matchup. Of all the 6 and 7 teams, Debo's Drip and I have the most points. Greg and Justin have 2,074. I have 2,031. So there's no math needed here. Win and you're in. Here's the kick in the nuts, though. If you lose, you're out, guaranteed. Despite the points, we changed the tiebreaker back to a record, so the loser of this game is going to be 6-8. and eight. And here's the other deal with this matchup. The winner not only gets into the playoffs, but the winner will likely jump to the 6th seed, not the 7th seed, because both of these teams will have more points than the teams competing for the 5-6 and six game. Last week, I was lucky to play these guys without DeAndre Hopkins. This week, he's back in the lineup. I still have a little luck going for me, though, because Kenneth Walker is injured, likely not going to play, and Alvin Kamara is on bye. But before I can let the blood rush to my penis, I also have Brian Robinson and David Montgomery on bye. Who the fuck am I going to stream? This is going to be crazy. A pretty fucking good matchup. You're telling me there's a chance? Fuck yeah, there's a chance. Rocky Balboa style. This game is guaranteed 
to come down to Monday Night Football, Cardinals versus Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson versus DeAndre Hopkins, and it just so happens the Patriots are Greg's team. So he has to root against his own team. Justin is a Cardinals fan, so it'll be easier for him. This matchup is all complex and fucked up. I'm just going to sleep in a meat freezer and play the soundbite over and over. You might as well start looking forward to next season, pal. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. The 5-6 game. Danimals versus Fournette Bronca. These matchups somehow keep getting better. Declared rivals right here, and they split their two-season matchups. Debo and Taylor get to square it off in the highest stakes game of the fucking season. So far, what makes this game different than the other matchups we mentioned so far is that the winner and the loser here has a shot at the playoffs. Now, the winner will clinch the five seed for sure. The loser will likely drop to the seven seed or potentially get jumped by either Hova, Ryan, or Bunis and Tim for that seven spot. Pretty fucking wild. In this actual matchup, though, Debo has a few guys on by. Chris Olave and Jonathan Taylor, Tyler Algier, but Taylor has his kicker on by, and he also has a lot of players with kind of shitty matchups. I don't love Fournette's matchup against the Niners, plus Taylor's got a stream, maybe a Jets running back against Buffalo or maybe Cam Akers or Van Jefferson, but like all the other games so far, this is a hell of a matchup, high-stakes shit that is sure to only build going into next year's rivalry game. Let's fucking go. In the three-verse-four game, my dick, your butt, versus Kid Name Kelsey, the mixtape. I fucking love this matchup. Are you kidding me? We are moving this game to the primetime slot. We did a 30 for 30 on the breakup of these guys. Shane appeared to be the dominant team all season, but then they split their series matchups this year. And then Shane, he's had a late season slump. He's lost three in a row. If Shane wins this matchup, he will likely jump up to the two seed. And if Adam wins, he can't really do better than the three seed. But if Adam loses, Adam can drop to the five seed. And the winner of Debo and Taylor could actually jump to the four seed. So the news broke today. Shane's going to be without Lamar Jackson a few weeks. So we'll see who he streams at quarterback. But the rest of his horses, they're going to be active. And Adam, he's got no real players on by. And he should be getting Joe Mixon back. This matchup will be a long and drawn-out fight like a classic Rocky Balboa shit. First blood drawn on Thursday night with Devontae Adams, and a final punches will be thrown on Monday Night Football with Kyler Murray. Hell of a matchup. Let's fucking go. One versus two game. Team Himes versus victory formation. I love to see this shit right here. We almost never get to see one play against two. Jamie leads the league in points with 2,102. Justin was in last place in points for quite a few weeks this season, but all of a sudden he's been surging and he moved up to fifth in points. But if Justin wins this, it's over. He gets the number one seed. Justin loses, and then if Shane wins, Shane will likely jump him and get the two seed. Justin will drop to the three in that scenario. If Justin loses, though, and then Adam wins... Justin will likely maintain the number two seed. Jamie, he can't fall farther than a two seed with a loss. But this game is for the bye week. How fucking neat is that? Justin has Justin Fields on bye this week. So he's going to be starting Tua at QB. Jamie 
has Michael Pittman on by. This game, it could be decided on Sunday night, Dolphins versus Chargers, or if Jamie wants to stream Rondale Moore and play the Patriots defense, this will come down to Monday night football. I would say getting the first round by is a huge advantage typically, but it hasn't been in the past for this league. It's still got to be great to skip the first round of the playoffs, though. Couple of big dogs here trying to piss and shit all over each other. I can't wait to see how this shit plays out. Cousin. Hey, cuz. Dude, so we just established that we're both naked right now. I mean, largely naked. I I think it's great. I mean, this is a locker room conversation, so I imagine that's what most media conversations are. They're just, you know, reporters walking in, a bunch of naked dudes swinging their dicks around. Yeah, I'm sitting down, though, so no swinging right now, but I'm sure I'll get up later. (laughs) Good, good. At some point in the interview, I hope it happens. So, no Tim. That's fine. He had in-laws? Yes, that's what I was told. He's He's a newlywed. He's a taken man. Yeah, that's life now. That's that's how it is for him. Okay. Well, we're going to get into this. I'm speaking to the GM of the Cousin Fuckers, my cousin, Michael Bunis. Been in this league since way back. So these guys have won the league as recently as 2019. Coming off a subpar 2021 season, you guys were off to a great start this year, appeared to be like a playoff team, and then Cooper Cup goes down in Week 10 season has started to swirl down the toilet. I mean, you guys got a big win against Adam last week. You find yourself six and seven. You're tied with four other six and seven teams. You're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet, but you do have to win and probably score maybe 240, 250 points. But I'm putting your odds maybe at like a little under 1% of getting the playoffs. But what's the vibe like in this locker room after a season like this? Um, you know, last night it was it was pretty positive, thinking that it was going to be a win and in, and then looked at the numbers a little bit and realized that it wasn't quite looking that way. But I mean, I didn't realize it was that bleak. I thought we had a better shot if there's two two seven and six teams that don't have yeah. any more than us. So that could be a they could be another seven and seven teams. And the way I felt like there was a, a possible way for it to break a little bit better than needing like a hundred more points than another team. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, it's been a disappointment. Uh, I think everyone's got a story about how much certain players sucked, like whether that's CMC being traded and then not playing for a little bit, being stuck with Baker Mayfield, the worst quarterback maybe fucking ever that's done multiple commercials. <laughs> yeah. It's been, yeah. it's been rough. It's been, it's been a rough run, especially like we were, we were sitting pretty. I think in your power rankings, we were like two, yeah. like most of the year for the first half, and then it just yeah. tumbled. Yeah, yeah. The numbers were looking good for you guys, um, and then it just fucking turned, you know. And yeah, I mean, there's there's probably a lot of other things that we could point to, but I hear you, man. The vibe is rough right now. The vibe is rough, and this whole season, it's like it's hard to believe that like yeah, there's five teams tied at six and seven right now two at seven and six like that's a lot of parody it seems like on an average year like where you are you're at you'd be able to win and like sneak in somehow i don't know it's a weird numbers game this year but no for next year i'll just throw out there like 
we're going to have Cup and McCaffrey, and we're not. We're going to have our draft picks that we have to give up to get Cup this time, and I think we're going to be strong. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. I'm going to come back to that because I was going to dive into that shit. And okay. um, I mean that you just dropped a bomb right there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna come back to that. So let's actually take it back to the draft this year, because um, I have to do this with everybody. And you gave away your third round pick to get Cooper Cup as a keeper. Any regrets on that trade? Uh, I mean, <laughs> mildly, um, because he's out, and yeah. you know Matt Stafford is dead. And they just picked up. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's been a shit show over there in L.A. Um, and being a, in St. Louis now, so everyone here hates the Rams. But um, <laughs> I mean, mild regret, like you know. But I don't know. I feel, I feel like it sets us up for years to come. So no, in the same way we've kept McCaffrey for you know maybe too long at, at times. It feels yeah. Like, like um, no, no regret because this is a this is a dynasty league. We're looking at. We're not just one year yeah. at a time. All in like the Rams did last year, and now they're a dump. Yeah. Fire, so. Nice. So you got a piece. You got a piece. Yeah. And, and in this draft, uh, you know, after keeping McCaffrey, that was your first actual round pick. That, um, the first pick you ended up actually taking was the second round, and that was Keenan Allen. And I'm going to say I already know you regret that pick. But yeah. at the time, yeah, we, we've joked about his mangina a lot this year. Was there anyone else at that time that you guys had your eye on before it was Keenan Allen? Like, was it between Keenan Allen and maybe somebody else? I, I don't remember exactly, but I know we were we didn't like the running backs um, yeah. at the time that were available, and it felt like to get like a a top wideout um, to pair with with Cup felt like the better move, and then go running back a little bit later was was the plan. So in terms of Dude. value, that seemed to be the best. I don't know who who do you know who is available? I don't have it pulled up. Yes, I do actually because I I looked this up. I was curious if you were going to say somebody, um, but so I looked it up, and you're guilty of doing exactly what I did. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to get AJ Brown instead of trying to like get a running back here because I didn't know where the value was. But we both overlooked a running back, and the running back taken right after Keenan Allen was Josh Jacobs, which. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Shit. Yeah, well. I know. I would have much rather had him. So. Me an too. It's an easy one. I, I think there's a lot of people that passed on him, even in the first round, that are like, Jesus. You know, like he was available all the way in the second round. I feel like there was there was stuff about him maybe not starting and him falling off and not not getting run yeah. there. I mean, Daniel's offense. Like, yep. I, and that clearly didn't happen. They sort of came back because of him. So. Yeah. So I mean, we all we all kind of missed on that one. I mean, I will say I'm I'm happy for you guys that McCaffrey stayed healthy, um, you know, all season, uh, you know, for the first time in a while. Like, so yeah. I was gonna ask, even though you dropped that bomb on me, like, is that somebody you would keep next year? And I'm feeling like you're gonna keep Cup because his value is still pretty high. I don't know who else. I mean, who would be a better choice? Yeah, I mean, so the the thing that the Pandora's box that got opened in the off season was in situations Crazy. like yours. Is yeah, like would, like would you trade him to somebody? And I guess the thing is, is like, if you guys end up falling on getting an early like a top four draft pick, you know, it seems like okay, then maybe it makes more sense to start over. But you know, say you win the league and you get the last pick in the first round, like you're picking twelve for eleven, and it's like yeah, there's a good value on holding on to McCaffrey. 
But, I mean, it's, it's shit just doesn't play out the way you guys want. I mean, it sounds like you guys might finish right in the middle of the pack. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give the guy his first one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Billy has, uh, he has not been working with a full deck all season. And uh, I think when things reset next year, it'll be different. But he's been a butthole for everyone to penetrate. And, you know, I, yeah, I think you got, <laughs> I know. but, okay, next year. I know you guys had Tim's wedding this year. Are we going to see you at the live draft in 23? You know, I hope so. And I know we brought this up last time on the on when we did this. But yes, I mean we are we are the league champions whenever we draft in person. So we're we feel like if, if we can make it in person, then we're guaranteed to win the league. I mean, it's happened every time we've live drafted. So that's you're right. That's, um, whether yeah. that's San Diego or somewhere else, exotic and fun. Yeah, feels like we're we're traveling. So you know, we're ready to go. Dude, and, and if I understand, you guys are pro San Diego. I think we would lean lean towards that over someone like just, especially for me, like, like Landmark. Like yeah, yeah. Near Beach is just you can't can't beat it. I mean, Tim's in Denver. You know, he's got mountains. He's got all kinds of great scenery, but he doesn't have beaches. So yeah, yeah. I um totally with you on that one. Something about a beach, man. It, it adds a nice element. So I, I I think majority is actually that way too. Um, what are your thoughts on the league going to five hundred dollars? Down do it. it you know you know ready to take Fuck more yeah. money from people it'll be great hell yeah i mean raise the stakes like let's go let's get dialed in here and, and uh make some big time moves i like it all right so i usually wait till a little bit later in the interview but questions for the commission man you got anything for me um i don't i don't i don't voice them other than in, in text messages to you but like the rules man like I, either i just can't keep up with them or they keep changing behind closed doors or yeah, you know, I'm not asking for a seat at the table because I don't want to. That seems like a lot of work, but I, I just can't keep up with them. Like, what do we need? Like, I don't know, like a, a rule book for dummies or something. Like, I this year I thought that the seven team got in with points, and you're like, no, it doesn't happen. So I know it's. It, I get it, man, because if you miss the text or you know the document that I'm like, okay, here's this year's rules, or I'm like, okay, you, you voted to change this rule now. Like, you know, it's a lot to dissect, especially in the off season. I imagine the off season, it's like season's over. I'll think about this when we. It's time to start thinking about drafting, and like yeah. a lot of those rules changes happened not right after the season, but like two months after the season. Finally, like dialed it in, and we're like, okay, here's the change. Yeah, if if you're not paying attention to fantasy football in March, it's not really going to register that we made some real changes, you know? Yeah, and I'm not, um, like, hot about anything, but, like, some people maybe seemed a little hotter about stuff. So how do you how do you sure. handle that kind of heat? How about that? Well, I mean, I just honestly try to uh, – great question, by the way. I try to just, just do my best and make sure everybody knows that I'm doing my best. If you, you guys typically know that, like, I'm – I mean, I'm not – crooked i mean i've been paying out people and i could have ran away with like two grand last season but you guys would know where to find me but i i definitely am passionate about this league and what and what it stands for and like everything we built like it's almost like we're building a skyscraper every year it keeps getting taller and cooler and i'm like i know that if i fuck some shit up we this whole tower could come down i don't want to fuck up what we built if you know that i'm dialed in like that i you know that I'm fighting for the right thing to happen, you know? So if, if it seems like the rules aren't totally clear to everybody, like shit, man, let's fix that. Let's make it better because I want, 
the rules to be clear. If we've flip-flopped on a certain rules, maybe we need to review that process. You know, like maybe we need to write things out a little bit more before we change them. And also, would you want to be on the panel? Just like throwing it out there. If, if we're like, no. hey, uh, we're going to vote on this trade right now, okay. you know, yes or no. Like, no, I'm um, ready to bitch about it, though. <laughs> what about okay? Nice. So one more question then. Um, yeah. Fucking okay. sleeper. Like, am I just an old man and don't know how to do stuff? But I still can't. Whether I'm on my laptop or on my phone, like, like outside of looking at scores, like, and changing my roster, like, I think it sucks. Man, I, I don't think know what the consensus is from I, others. So I think that this is a great opportunity to plug an idea that I had. Is I think we moved to sleeper because there's a lot of things that are custom about it, and the draft board yeah. was key. Sleeper was the reason that we didn't have this, like, fucked-up timer and Excel spreadsheet for the draft. And okay. so, like, there's a lot of formatting, and that's how it started. We were like, let's just do the draft board in Sleeper. And I think as people were playing around on Sleeper with the draft board, everybody was like, dude, this is kind of the way to go. Like, because also, if you ever talk trash in the ESPN app, you might be like, hey, you're going down this week, fuckhole. The way it's like set up, four weeks later, you're like, oh, shit, he just talked trash to me. It's just not that engaging. And this format is a little more built with the thread in the middle that let's send some gifts. We can like track every move, and you can, you can make it what you want. But I think it's just different. It's a different mindset to get used to because you kind of can customize it. But I'm going to take it a step further. I think that Sleeper falls short in a lot of ways. They claim to be so custom, but I think for what we do, I mean, we still had to drop Jameson Williams into the open market last week because there wasn't anything in the formatting that allowed us to do what we want to do. So again, we have to like go outside the format. I'm going to be looking at what it would be like to custom, like to create an app, like a fantasy football league app that does all the custom shit that we would want to do. If we could create an ESPN football fantasy uh or not espn fucking just fantasy football app that uh can do everything we want and then we people pay to be on our platform because it's gonna be dope as fuck and i think there's a lot of stuff like stat keeping and history that like is just not available in any of these apps and if you could write some code and talk to one of these kids at silicon valley or something just make them a partner and i don't know maybe there maybe there's something there that's deep that's way I, more advanced <laughs> i know so to answer your question, kind of you're an old man. I mean, I'm kind of an old man too, but I think Sleeper falls short on some things, and maybe that's kind of like what you're frustrated with too. All right. I appreciate you hearing me out. Make sure you good Dude, I, I always do that shit. And I'm going to tell you this, man. If I end up not making the playoffs, I guess you and Tim can take some selfish satisfaction in knowing that it's because of you. Because when we played in rival- yeah. that ridiculous – fucking loss. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, where you were like, oh, who should I start? doesn't matter. Yeah, I, th- I was so cocky. I was like, who should I start? And it was so obvious the right play was Gabe Davis, and my dumbass put, put in Brian Robinson, who did not have a good matchup at the time. I fucking lose this game by 1.5 points, and that is going to keep me out of the playoffs. So I will say this. If your squad's goal is championships, but also I know the cousin fuckers are about fucking cousins, so... You don't win a championship this year. I mean, you you could still say you had a successful season, right? I I think we can. I think we can. Uh, You you fuckers, man. So right now, who's going to have a better next season? You, the Cousin Fuckers, or the New York Giants? Damn. Um, I think 
I think the cousin fuckers. Not sold on the Giants yet. Don't know if they're going to do a quarterback. Don't know if Saquon's going to be there. They're over. They're overperforming, and a little bit like how we've done with being down men on the cousin fuckers. But I feel like next year, just like everyone, I feel like you're going to win every year, and that's how we feel. Dude, dude, yeah. So I mean, did you decorate for Hanukkah yet? Yeah, we do. We do both. We put Chris. We put Hanukkah presents under the Christmas tree, and kids get to pick nice. one each night. It's, it's cool. Dude, what does your menorah look like? Um, it's got, I mean, we got several, but the one we use has, you know, eight candles and one bigger one in the middle. I, so I have this one that has turquoise rocks on it and it, and it says Shalom, but you know, with the eight candle spots, but I've seen some like really fancy ones and I'm like, yo, like people pay like almost a thousand dollars for a menorah. Yeah. And other people make them out of like trash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's sort of like a bong. Like you've seen people smoke out of like a a tin can or like this fancy yeah. ass pipe. Like yeah, it could be like those aluminum foil pipes. You know, you just yeah. <laughs> put some holes in them and like you have to crack. <laughs> uh, dude, I I love that we just compared a Hanukkah menorah to a crack pipe. Both handle fire well. <laughs> dude, well said, bro. Well fucking said. Um, you guys are a good squad, man. I'm happy you guys are in this league. If you don't pull off the miracle and somehow sneak into the fucking playoffs, you guys still got a shot. $250 in the loser's bracket. Do you remember that rule? Uh, it's it's nice to hear about. I think we'll go for it um, if need be. I mean, <laughs> you know, if things are looking bad, maybe we... Uh, is it wrong to, like, sit players if we feel like we don't have a chance at the end to try and get that second draft pick? Or is it based on the so loser's bracket? It's How's based on the loser's bracket. Okay, so that's a great question. So, I mean, you can tank. That That's what makes it easy is when we go to the loser's bracket, you can tank, but you got to be ready to take that punishment too. If you wanted to do the pancake challenge to get the first round pick, technically you can do that. Uh, I guess if you get to share it with a co-owner, like she only has to do half of it. I, I mean, that has never been brought up, and it's a great question, but I think you both have to suffer equally. Like, I mean, yeah, it, that would be too easy. Well, I'm not worried. We're 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 gonna sneak into the playoffs and wreak some havoc. That's what I'm thinking, dude. I like it, man. Any any last thoughts? Shout out to the league. I don't I don't think so. I just I I fucking hate sleeper. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> so if I create an app, would you be down to uh, to do this league in the app that I create? I would totally try that. That that sounds that sounds fun, and I only only have you to blame if something goes wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's true, man. I'll, I'll actually just give you a customer. So I'll just say, sorry, I can't talk about the app through my regular phone. You have to call the one eight hundred number, and it's going to some guy in India. And like, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll fucking figure it out. Big things, dude. Good talking to you, man. I'd say good luck. I don't think you're going to need it this week. You, if anything, you're going to need like a hundred points from your running back. That's the luck you need. If anyone but, can do it, it's McCaffrey with what's his name, Brock Purdy. <laughs> throwing him the ball and off to him. Hell yeah. Good catching up, man. And if I don't get to tell you, uh, happy early Hanukkah. Thank you. Happy early Hanukkah to you as well. Shalom, brother. Shalom. Man, I appreciate my cousin's humor. Good shit. When I talked to him, though, I didn't realize that the cousin fuckers have a way better shot at that seven seed than I realized. My math was way off. Speaking of math, It's Tuesday night, so I have to get ready for math club in the morning. You just wake up early and do a bunch of math and shit. It's it's really great. But I gotta go. 
and I also need to do something about that boner that won't go away. I have a feeling it's not going to go away until at least next Monday night. And I hope everyone listening, even in Costa Rica, is making educated decisions with your boners. Commish out. 